Hey, welcome to season two of the Change Today podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Akila Kade, founder of Change Today, a diversity consulting firm making sure women, people of color, and underserved communities feel safe and can be their best selves in the workplace. Kade is my last name, and in French, it means soldier. So we talk about how people are soldiers of change, personally or professionally. This season, we have great guests sharing their story with you, and I'm so happy that you've decided to come back and share another season with me. Remember to like and subscribe so that you know when all of the new episodes are coming up, and I really appreciate your support. So let's take it away and enjoy this episode. Hey, and welcome back to the Change Today podcast. Um, As you know, I only have amazing people that are on my podcast, and today we have Courtney. I'm so excited to have you here today. (laughs) So tell everyone who you are, uh, what you do. Okay. So hi, everybody. (laughs) My name is Courtney Beasley. I am a licensed psychologist. I get to say that officially as of last week. I received my license. Yay! 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 Yes. It's been a long time coming. So uh, tell everyone your letters so they know what type of therapist you are. I'm a PsyD, so a doctor of psychology. Say that again, Dr. Beasley. Oh, I'm a doctor of psychology? Yeah, no, but you're Dr. Beasley. I'm Dr. Beasley. A licensed Dr. Beasley. I'm a licensed Dr. Beasley psychologist. (laughs) You're part of the um, the three percenters club. Because there's only like three percent of us. good. Like... Honestly, getting my last week was just like, wow, I worked all these years. I worked for this, this moment of receiving this license number. So that's pretty huge. Um, yeah, so my work has been in clinical and forensic psychology. And I am going to be doing private practice pretty soon in this next month in May. Yay. Yay. And um, you will be taking new clients. I will be taking clients. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Good looking at You're welcome. She's black, it. y'all. If you're looking for a black therapist or a woman of color therapist, they are hard to find. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and I, yes, definitely. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. So most of my work has been, so my training was in clinical psychology. I worked a couple years in forensic psychology, which is my last job. I'm doing forensic work, which is, um, it's when it's like psychology and our justice system meeting. People often think of CSI, but that's not quite what I was doing. But it's really like being in touch with people who have been incarcerated throughout their lives, right. um, which taught me a lot about just the health disparities in the Black community and just among people who have been incarcerated, which a lot of Black people have been um, and are right now. So I have been, since I left my last job at the end of 2019, I've been working on creating a platform so that Black communities have better access to health information. So and important. it's called Put in Black. Yay! Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited for that because it'll be, it's free information and it's really just like things that are written in just plain language, things mm-hmm. we can all understand and implement in our lives like now, today. Yes. Um, so yeah, Put in Black and I'll be launching that in May, so next month. That is so exciting. So just for the listeners, um, Courtney 
slid in my email, not my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I received an email from Dr. Beasley um, about this platform and what it was about. And I was like, I need to support it any way I can. So I'm happy to have you here as a guest, but I look forward to providing some future content for you, whether it's, you know, yeah. um, like a story article or some video content. Um, uh-huh. Because this Sorry, is yeah. really important. You're doing, um, you're doing FUBU. Yes. <laughs> yes, really, truly. And that's what I thought of as I was creating it, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. FUBU is really important. For those of you who don't know, FUBU stands for F-U-B-U, but for us, by us. And also a monumental clothing line in the 90s. That <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wish I still had something that was FUBU. Like, so like I was in New Orleans in July and I love vintage shopping. Mm-hmm. And I found a FUBU windbreaker. Oh my god! Lost my shit. Immediately purchased it. And then this morning, that's so random. That's probably why it's on my head. I <laughs> was like figuring, I was trying to find this sweater and I was like, oh, I forgot about it. I had this FUBU jacket windbreaker situation. And I was on the phone yeah. with my sister and she was jealous. And then we had, my, FUBU is vintage now. that's wild fubu is vintage that's true i still remember this like yellow long sleeve fubu shirt i Mm -hmm. think i would wear it like it was i was strategic about it did you was fubu in black or was it in red or blue oh i I see it in my mind it's in black okay yeah Uh, yeah i know what you're talking about i think that was the only fubu thing i had though honestly (laughs) hey that meant you were part of the black elite. <laughs> I probably felt that way too. That's so, funny. <laughs> so um, just talking a little bit more about putting black, um, what I have seen, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen the same thing, is that there's a, there's a challenge for black people, particularly black women, to get information that, yeah. you know, resonates with them, that includes them in the story and the narrative and not coming from either a white woman's perspective or a generalized perspective. Right. Um, are you hoping to address that through your platform? Absolutely. So I think just, you know, as a person who's also subjected to our the systems that we have in our country and in the world and in, in our healthcare system, um, and then on that, being a psychologist, and then being a psychologist who worked with people who are often forgotten, right? Mm-hmm. People who have been incarcerated. Um, I've seen how just how much we're overlooked, mm-hmm. and how like truly like the information that we receive from like what I would read in school or um, the research that I did too. It's not geared for people who are in higher education. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, through the work that I did in my dissertation, my last, my last bit of research in school, I made the point to, okay, so I have these results. It was about black women, my dissertation. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to put these results somewhere where like most black women aren't going to see the information. Mm -hmm. So I was very intentional about finding a place where black women will will read it. And that's really how this idea of putting black was born was, okay, you can take this all this jargon and all this stuff that's really 
just like meant for certain communities, right? If it's psychology, if it's if it's medicine, if, whatever it is, right. and you can break it down and just it's talk about it in a way that we can all understand because like mm-hmm. that re- that really lets us know when if okay, just for people to know if a doctor can break it down in plain language, it gives you a better sense of like okay, they know what they're talking about. Right. If you can only talk about it in a, just a very like idiosyncratic or you know what I mean mm-hmm. esoteric, esoteric way where it's just like specific to a certain population right that is a, that is technical like, big words the thing yeah. that matters about because obviously I go to the doctor a lot doctors a lot the things that matter about taking the time to put things on simple terms it means that the person actually has care and concern and consideration about what you're trying to to learn or adapt to or live with, you know, when you're breaking right. something down, whether it's physical health or mental health. Like these are the components. Um, and it's just, right. it's coming from compassionate care, you know? It is, right. It's beyond like the books or it's beyond just the mm-hmm. training. It's really about the person. Mm-hmm. And that feels better for all of us, really. Like in my work, I enjoy doing the work more when it's just like we're talking as people. It's a human connection. right? Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that, yeah, Black women are, oh, my gosh, especially my motivation for creating this platform and just seeing in my, with myself how my, like, changes in my life have improved my health. Like, if it's my diet, if it's exercise, meditation, and then seeing in my family members, too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been huge mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. So this is where I get to ask you one of my favorite questions. How okay. are you a change today? How are you a soldier of change in your life? I have an idea, but I'm curious to what you have to say. <laughs> oh, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Okay. And I, de- I thought about this question. I, and I was like, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see what comes out. <laughs> my um, I think it's been this whole journey of, which as you know, too, you know, being in grad school and then being in a field too, where there's not many, it's, psychology is a very white field, like historically and present. I moment. have heard. <laughs> yeah. it, and it feels that way, the way we learn. It, it, of course, it depends on what program you went to, all that. But generally, right. clinical psychology is a very white field. Um, and that, that was so challenging for me. And I had many times when I felt like, why don't I understand things in the way that other people do, my peers do. Right. Why don't? Why am I not making sense of this in the same way? And I feel through my experiences, I've I've finally gotten to a point where I'm really, like, genuinely seeing these experiences as being a positive for me and like my uniqueness and what I'm creating. And I have a lot of just like joy that comes from taking this knowledge and then using it to improve my community, to help my community, and say mm-hmm. like here like let's just share like what did you learn like right. let's talk about it and like make us better because we need it and I feel yeah I feel like that's something that's definitely yeah that makes me a change today for sure uh yeah no absolutely I was just gonna say you're black and um, um, a I'm therapist <laughs> no I, I could have just I could have just did that huh? <laughs> Just, yes. yes. And it, being a black psychologist is a big deal in itself. Like you just going through the program, you, I can only imagine the battles you had with your dissertation and the work that you wanted to do and your research. 
And then, yeah. you know, it's something that will always happen until you honestly have your own thing or in an, an all like personal color practice, you right. know, with how you will be um, perceived and who you should be talking to. Right. Okay. So like okay. you in your role as the doc that you are is an act of resistance, unfortunately, when it comes right. to, you know, uh-huh. clinical psychology, when you're looking at it or there's the therapy field and in general, I think it's easier right. to see more like marriage and family therapists, licensed clinical social workers, you know, um, who are of color. But to your degree, it's it's very limiting um, uh-huh. and also isolating. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, I feel the isolation piece is huge. And when we talk about things like, like when we were talking earlier about self care Mm -hmm. and and just like holding yourself up to just this ridiculous standard, that's not good for anybody. And it's, it's just not realistic. And I, I think that I didn't realize how much I was striving for perfection, like, like until the end of my graduate career. And I'm like, Oh, like, I think, I think I can be perfect down here. Okay. Okay. No, like, oh my gosh, that doesn't work. It does not. I felt that. So my first year of my doctoral program, um, I had a 4.0. It was the last quarter. I think we were quarters and, um, a, 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 like whatever the last grade that was supposed to come in, uh, B plus. I lost my shit. I set up a meeting with my professor. I was like, what's happening? Because I wanted a 4.0. I was like, the like when I tell you, not only was it the last class for the grade to come in, I was just like, you know, it wasn't like the first grade, so I already knew. It was just like that last one. I was so close to having a 4.0. Right. I mean, I still had like a 3.9 or whatever, whatever the math is. But I was devastated. I cried for like days because it's something that I really wanted. And I was finally passionate about school. I'm not a school person. But a lot of that is like the societal factors and pressures we carry as black women to, you know, be good at this. And I I mean, my dad's a JD. My mom's a PhD. So I knew that I would have to have, you know, some type of like high standard. But that's not typical for you know, black families. Right. And so, um, yeah, there was just, there was a lot there. And then my self-care was not the best because I was like working full-time and school full-time. So I would just, Uh it was like thrown out the window Uh and now we're all in periods because this is, uh, recorded during (laughs) COVID-19. (laughs) 2020 right so we're all in these moments where um we are literally forced to feel things right right oh my gosh yes Mm -hmm. because we have so much time alone right now so much time it feels like some magical shit's supposed to happen like you should come out of this like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the best person ever you're gonna have like all these different epiphanies and like Mm -hmm. yeah in an elevated state in addition to the new business you started the new business pivot that you had if you own a business a new language lost weight um yeah. organized something pantry closet um, right. being able to take these 
hikes that you haven't been able to take before and right. like all of these these things and so much of what we we're kind of speaking about earlier I really feel people should do whatever they want to do during this time because everyone handles stress differently uh-huh. yeah I agree because what ends up happening is at least for me what ends up happening is falling back into this, okay, this has to get done and this has to get done. And it's like this very like rigid way of thinking. Right. And when you, when you were talking about the getting the B and you were crying, it Mm -hmm. took me back to when I was like, it wasn't, I think I was in fifth grade and I, I got a B I think for the first time in class and I just put my head down and cried. Mm -hmm. And when I think back to like little Courtney at that time, I now I'm just like realizing how much of my worth was connected to my grade, right? Mm-hmm. Like if people thought I was a good student, if people mm-hmm. thought I was good, perfect, whatever, yeah, then I'm good, then I'm valuable, right? And that can so easily go into this time period where we're like, okay, well, I could get this done and this done and this done because I have all this time, um, and yeah, it, it's easy to fall back into that, and and if you don't get the things done or you don't organize the closet or you don't come up with some new thing then you're it takes some value away or something yeah but that goes back to the programming we receive at a young age right yeah and it depends on your family structure your um your whoever was your like role model or parental figure right you have like I had to have a minimum of a 3.0 to be fully loved I think (laughs) you know it's like you know I had to have certain um grades but that thinking what you said which is really powerful like putting that kind of that self-worth towards the grade Uh completely negates the fact that you had a great group presentation, <laughs> you know, that you did well in what science, geography, whatever's happening, right? In fifth grade, yeah. like yeah. all of that is put away. So as we grow up as adults, we create the same pattern. So it's like, I need the promotion or I need my boss to validate this, or I need to be given accolades from this person opposed to what I say all the time is just doing it your fucking self. So that's why when it comes from me, people have a hard time when I'm like, I'm amazing. And they're like, oh, my God, she's ego filled and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, but see, you're going to feel real stupid real soon. Because when I tell you how I'm amazing or why I'm saying I'm amazing, because it's coming from me and I'm not depending on someone else to like or comment or subscribe to me being amazing. um, Then you realize that I, I actually am because that's not how we're designed. We're designed for people to validate our existence, people to validate what we look like, how we work, where we work, all of those things. You know what I mean? Yes. And you're just waiting for the moment when someone says you look good or they like Mm -hmm. your outfit or they, Mm -hmm. and I've definitely had the moments where I'm like, oh, well, maybe this wasn't cute what I put on today because no one said anything. (laughs) I did too. Yeah. This is, this is new. (laughs) This has only been happening probably in the, the past um, so I was diagnosed with major depressive disorder, severe depression in 2016. So once I realized I didn't, I needed to address that in my life, I was like, okay, what can I do to stop being a seeker of all of those things? And interestingly enough, one of those things was fashion. Oh, okay. Very random. So I was like, I'm going to wear, this is working at um, the 
uh, San Francisco Public Health Department, no one has fashion. No one, no one, <laughs> no one. It's like corduroys that aren't in trend, clogs yeah. that make no sense, Hawaiian shirts, yeah. it's Christmas. Like none of it makes sense, right? <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to start just dressing in a way that allows me to express my personality. Yes. So I'd be wearing funky prints and mixing and matching and silver shoes or whatever that was just like too much, you know, for them to deal with. But I right. felt good walking to work. And regardless if I got a compliment or not, I was taking pictures and yes. enjoying my little, you know, outfit. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's powerful. And then eventually it's just like it's the way you are, right? Like as mm-hmm. you're doing it more and more, it just feels natural to be dressing the way you want as opposed right. to so, dressing for other people. Yes, that was more so for me. It took, I don't think I became amazing until two years ago, but it, it mm-hmm. took some time to develop that. And then when I was fired, you know, this, everyone knows the story. I, um, like, almost immediately, probably within a month, got some faux locks because I always wanted faux locks. Oh, I know, I'm okay. a faker, a faker, I'm sorry. But no, I was I mean, I so excited it. to have you that. Have to switch it up. Yeah, to switch it up. But I knew it was something that I would have to explain in the workplace and they wouldn't understand that. And so now, like, I braid my hair all the time and I just do stuff that I wouldn't have done before. And I don't think like, oh, Akila, platinum blonde braids probably wouldn't be good talking at Google. I just roll up to that bitch yeah. and I'm like, hi, I'm yeah. Dr. Kade. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. that makes me so happy. That, yeah. There's like this sense of freedom, it sounds like, that you experience. Like, wait, well, I can change my hair now. Yeah. I, I absolutely have that. Like When I decided to start my locks, I... Which are beautiful, by the way. Everyone Thank Google you. her or follow her on Instagram <laughs> and you can see them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. First of all, I never thought I would have locks. Like in my, like, I'm like, no, I wouldn't do that. That's a commitment. Like that's a lifestyle. It I is. And then before it was my last year of grad school, I was moving to Boston for internship. And there was a sense of like, I can be whoever I want to be. Nobody knows me in Boston. It's so funny how we do that. It's like, well, really, you can do that here, too. You can, you can yeah, but that's why, I, like, my ass was out for Carnival in Trinidad. I was like, I don't know anyone here. I'm just yes. ass out, titties out. I'm going to just <laughs> do whatever I want. And sure enough, I ran into two people I know. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> One was, like, Caribbean, so I was, like, okay with that. Because, you know, you, yeah, like, you know, we understand the whole thing. But one was, like, just a regular American dude. And I was like... Oh no, I have to walk away somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so it does not see my ass. Yeah. Sideways. Right. And I normally walk with my hands behind my back because after so many steps, it would just be too weird. So then I had to like figure out how to turn. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, I so ended up seeing funny. him again like the next day and I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of how life works. Mm hmm. Um, does. But what you were saying about the hair, oh, and you were talking about just how we talk to ourselves. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Like, I, of course, like in therapy, I've, we talk about positive affirmation right. and, you know, practice doing that. But really, I don't think I understood the power of that until recently, like maybe this past year when I've been doing it more consistently. Mm-hmm. And in the times when I don't feel good, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, Courtney, you are magic. Like, keep you going. are. That feels good. I said that to myself this morning. <laughs> I like that. That's uh, my 
Um, you're amazing that I tell myself you are magic. You have a great yeah. energy. Um, putting black is going to have more of an impact than you'll ever really have comprehended, you know, which yeah. I think is really powerful. Really yeah. good. I, I was, you know, I was talking about how like when you're living life, right. You're always kind of growing and evolving and able yeah. to like celebrate yourself for doing things. So last week I was on a call with the, like a coaching call and this person was like struggling with a lot of um, negative things in their life and figuring out how to essentially be vulnerable with going through so much. And um, I was like, Hey, listen, (laughs) I can't go out. So I have to ask people for groceries. Uh And my brain says you're a failure. You cannot take care of yourself you know, yeah. you're no longer independent, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but in actuality, when I ask someone for groceries, I am taking care of myself. Yeah. Because I can't do that. And then I was saying this out loud. I was like, holy shit, I need to tell my therapist this. <laughs> because awesome. I was like having a whole, you know, breakthrough. Because asking for help has been one of the hardest things for me since I am an independent person. I'm a Virgo. I like to take care of myself. I'm the, my grandmother would always call me the mother hen. You know, I would always take care of other people. Um, and so it literally is, you know, reprogramming that has to happen and you still get the same goal and the same outcome, Right. you know? Yeah. So, and when you were talking, were you actually talking out loud? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. No, I was saying this to the, the coaching client. And then I was like, Oh, wow. And I, then that whole dialogue happened out loud. And I'm like, I'm going to tell my therapist that when we chat this weekend. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, just because ironically, I was role modeling the behavior that they needed to work on. Right. You know, and so it was you just. actually had this realization. Like, right. Hey, mm-hmm. like, I am doing this. Okay. I am doing this. So similar to how, you know, you obviously are a change today in so many ways. Um you and I have this wonderful thing where we have to role model the behavior and practice what we preach, right? I'm obviously not a therapist, but when I'm executive coaching or Mm -hmm. when I'm even helping a company figure out how they need to work with their teams to, to push diversity strategies, I'm, it is a form of therapy for them, right? Especially executive coaching because it could get into the personal barriers around, what we're talking about that fifth grade B still shows up at the 42 year old Uh (laughs) executive still, you know, um, shows up, but, um, this is where, again, we're role modeling the behavior, but we can also be human. And the fact that, you know, we have this experience Mm -hmm. and we still can have moments of like, what the fuck are we doing? Or how do we do this? Where do we, how do we put this around? Or why am I why am I triggered by this thing? Or how am I triggered by this thing? Like, it still will show up. But again, we're learning how to just continually go with the flow of things and knowing that it's, you know, okay. Mm -hmm. And talking about that with the people that we work with. (laughs) Right. And I, this thought just came to my mind as you're talking. It's just like, we can have these moments where we think, Oh yeah, I got this. Like I got a good handle on this this life thing. But then you have these other experiences that remind you, like, oh, like I never really took the time to 
think about that or address that or mm-hmm. sit with that feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely been happening for me. Um, I think just, you know, like as we get older and during this time, just being able to sit by myself and being more into meditation, but realizing that things like the BU in fifth grade, but also like our relationships with our parents, with our siblings, oh boy. romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Like that, I think when I first started realizing, oh, how we are in our with our family does show up in how we're with our partners. That that's been interesting. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely in my like mid-ish twenties, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to therapy and figure out how to date. Mm-hmm in the right way and that probably means I need to have a relationship with my like father like working okay. through that but okay. it wasn't until I realized that my relationship with my father is why I couldn't have like relationships like through that therapy and that's why? when I learned that love wasn't when the guy was available uh, uh-huh. so my dad left and then he eventually moved abroad so most of my life my dad lives in Switzerland and so I'd only see him once a year. And I'm a daddy's girl and I really loved him. So my brain started to learn at a young age, the guy was available when he was available. Because right. your father is like the first guy you love. Yeah, yeah. So when I learned that in therapy, I was like, oh. And then the therapist at the time was like, it's going to take you years to unlearn that. I was like, okay. And so when I got back into therapy um, in my 30s, um, I realized that was still there. So then I, I, that's when I was like, oh, maybe I should try to have a relationship with my dad now that I know that love is one. And that didn't, that didn't work out. What I really needed to do in this, that was the second round of therapy. So what I am doing now in this third round of therapy is, um, really just putting everything towards what I need to be my best self. Like who's going to support that regardless of the relationship, if it's a, family member, a guy that I want to date or I'm not dating or whatever the thing is, like figuring out what is going to keep me continuously being amazing. Yes. You know? Because I think it can get very, I don't know if convoluted is the word. You know, like it can get so mixed up because we have so many different messages telling us what love is or what it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be or yeah, just from our parents, from our friends, from our family members. Mm-hmm. I was reading this book. I think it's called All About Love. Have you, have you read it? It's old. It's by Belle, I think, her last name. It's someone yeah. well-known. It's just that I just started reading it. <laughs> you read that one? I have not. I'm going to take a note. I think it's called All About Love. I, I can look it up though for you, too. But I found myself, as I'm reading, I stopped reading it. That's interesting. I probably got uncomfortable. But I found myself just not liking being told what the definition is of love. And I feel like that often happens. Well, this is what, like, if it's in a movie, if it's been a song, if it's from the Bible, but this is what love is. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to, like, not have those messages. I just wanted mm. to, like, be able to feel it. Uh, not really thinking, because then that goes back to me going to, like, the Bible verse. Mm-hmm. But, um, feel it and just let myself feel that and not put this pressure on putting words to it just yet oh yeah you know what I mean there's there's so because then it turns into someone else's love and not not what I'm feeling like what I am and what I'm actually feeling yeah um I want to know what love is (laughs) 
I want you to show me. Um, I always think about that with love. Yeah. But it's, yeah. love is an interesting thing, I will say, because it shows up in different ways. But I do feel, again, unfortunately, we are women who watched a whole bunch of Disney movies. We are Hopefully. programmed to think it's a certain way, like being swept off her feet by a prince or whomever, right. like a, a savior who's going to come and get us. It's not like the woman who runs the castle, who's the queen. <laughs> mm-hmm. The jester comes along and she's like, you're funny. I like, I like you for you. Like that's not right. ever really so much the story. So right. then we feel it's supposed to be this undefined definition but in actuality, love shows up in so many different ways from so many and different so types many, of people. Yeah. Yes, it does. And, and going back to freedom, like, just, like, feeling free enough to, like, love in the way that you want and and not feeling, like, so I'm someone who definitely uses the word love often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I and I mean it. Like, I feel deeply and I get excited a lot. I'm, I'm a pretty excitable person. Where, where are just, you on the love spectrum with me? Is it too soon? I'm loving this. Okay. And I'm loving, I love how open you are too, to just like, being like, yeah, let's talk. Like that, I appreciate so much. Mm -hmm. That's a form of love to me too. And I think I was definitely judging myself when, um, like I know people say like, how do you use the word love so often when I feel like I love this time in my apartment where I get to do this thing, right? Like like light candles or whatever. But I mean it. Like, mm-hmm. let, I'm just going to use it. And having the, not being too judgmental of yourself. And, like, some people think that's not okay. And that's okay, yeah. too. But this is kind of yeah. how I live my life. Also, I found the name of the book. It is All About Love by Bell Hooks. Oh, yeah, I have heard about that. I may yeah. get annoyed with it. Yeah, okay. So. I want to know if you do. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I stopped reading. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll have to get back to you on that one. But I'm interested to know for sure. I love that your love for love means that you're being present in the moment. Right? Because you can say, like, I love this apartment. I love this time. I love how you can say whatever. And I think that adds a different aspect of power to the word. Um, I will say in my dating relationships... I, I don't, I always go back and forth with this. This I, this is a random turn here, but I don't know if any of the guys that I thought I loved, I actually loved mm-hmm. because yeah. the definition of love wasn't really clear for me in my teenage years, 20s, and even early 30s. Like, right. I don't think it was there because I didn't really know what I needed and what yeah. I wanted. So a lot of it was like, um, you know, I, I want to go to this party with you or the movies or the mall, yeah. right? Like, and yeah. if that happens, then clearly I love you because we're doing these things together. Um, right. You know? Uh, I, I can totally relate. Valentine's Day, like you got to give for Valentine's Day, then that means like, I guess we're together. Like just really right. convoluted <laughs> things. And then as I got older yeah. and then you put this stupid, you know, biological clock on top of things, then I was like, oof. All right. Um, do are they able to do these things for me so I can or forcing a relationship to go into a place of like we have to be committed. So like there's marriage and like the baby type of thing. Yeah. And then I was putting unnecessary pressure on 
maybe some good relationship. Probably not. I think most people I dated were assholes. <laughs> but maybe it could have been like a longer thing to kind of like unlearn bad behavior and like learn new behavior. Right. Yeah. And I think and to me that sounds like too, like learning how you are in a relationship and how you want to be. Mm-hmm. Cuz when you have all this pressure on yourself, it's you're I don't know that like, are you even yourself? You're kind of just like trying to hurry up and fit the mold. Yeah, I don't like, think you are yourself. That's a that's a valid point. But yeah. now being so self-aware, I'm kind of just like whatever happens will happen and I am fine with that. I like that. That sound like just hearing that. It's like ah, oh, peace. Yeah. Like because yeah. it's gonna be what it like. It's just gonna you know the light world. The world is gonna keep spinning. Life's mm-hmm. gonna keep going. So like I um, circled back a while ago on a guy that I used to date, and I was very like chill. And he's like, "What is happening?" I said, "Therapy." Uh, I like that you said I circled back. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" You recycle, back? reduce, reuse. <laughs> And we'll close the loop. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I do believe in timing for any relationship, Same. personally or professionally, because sometimes it's just not the right time right. for things to work out. Um, and that's great. Like, that's like growth. Um, do you want to talk about something that comes up a lot for me from either through coaching or just conversation? Because people like ourselves are sometimes always providing some sort of free therapy for friends. Yeah. Right? So um, this is the partner who is in therapy versus the partner who's been through therapy. Do you you know what I mean? Uh So um, for the listeners, uh, someone who's been through therapy has a higher probability of self-awareness and knowing what they need to get through triggers, how to operate in relationships, communicate, or they've overcome or at least have a better understanding of whatever trauma may have happened personally or professionally. And therapy means they probably don't or they have a hold of some of those things. So depending on where that person is in their therapy, and also I would say gender too, because men tend to be a little bit more quick with therapy, depending sometimes opposed to um, women because we want to change the world and we're caretakers and all these, you know, other fun layers that are in there. It could be harder to have a friendship or relationship with that person who's still um, in therapy, not for maintenance and therapy for learning and correcting, you know, behavior and patterns. Do you have any thoughts around that? Yeah, so the thing that kept coming up for me was patience. And mm. because I'm thinking about the work I've done myself, my family, all that, mm-hmm. and how, yeah, you can be in, in two different places, you know, relative to whoever the person is, and if it's your friend, if it's your partner, whatever, um, and not trying to control or trying to force things to work out or not trying to mm. have them believe that way you believe. That's huge. It's like, you, everyone has an opinion and has beliefs and just because you have your own that they're not right they're simply yours and I think that's a huge a huge thing that I've been learning um and I've definitely I absolutely have to practice patience because it's like but I want it now and right. I'm ready now even though as I'm learning I'm like actually no I'm actually not ready for certain things right and um 
and it's okay if the other person or people are not in the same space as you. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what was coming up when you were talking yeah. about that for me. And patience is a beautiful way to say it, even now as we're sheltering in place, right? Of mm-hmm. not feeling like you have to control the outcome or that, you know, situation or getting to being exclusive or getting to have a friend show up in a certain way. It's having, yeah. you know, that moment of patience. The only caveat, there's two caveats to that. There's people like me. I have the chronic health condition. I'm going to be in therapy probably for most of my life. And that's part of my way I manage stress and things that are always forever coming up in um, dealing with the fact that I have to grieve the loss of the person I won't be anymore for the rest of my life. Right. So I'm an exception, but I can communicate effectively. I can do, you know, all those things. The other exception is if you have a friendship with someone who is in therapy or you're dating someone who's in therapy, um, having patience to a certain extent, right? Because uh-huh. if the same behavior is coming up that's causing a, a strain on the that partnership, that relationship, the friendship, then that's where boundaries have to come up. Absolutely. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad you brought up that point. Because you know when you have a thought in your mind and you think everyone can see the yeah, but remember, I can actually see the thoughts in your mind. So. Yes. <laughs> There's that. Um, that's important. That's definitely important because my thing on patience is more like understand that things are going to unfold. Like you'll you'll be okay. Like this yeah. is all going to unfold in due time. Not to say like, oh, keep letting this person do shitty things or yeah. keep showing up for this person who's just not is not a good fit for you. No, 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 don't do that. Like I'm saying, like let it unfold and then you're going to see like, okay, no, this doesn't work. Or yeah, you'll, you'll see progress or, you know what I mean? Right. So yeah, I'm glad you brought up, brought that up. Yeah. Because they're within, you know, hopefully seeing progress. If you're bringing that thing up and the partner, the person you're dating, the friend doesn't respond to that, that barrier you put up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not the person you can be with or support right now. Yeah. Right. And that's where you feel comfortable enough to walk away, maybe temporary um, or maybe forever. Right. Mm -hmm. And that that can be so challenging. Mm -hmm. And I know many of us can feel like it's not doable too, even. Um, And I think for me, I've had some huge just like wake up calls. I'm like, oh, don't do that again. Okay, got it. I got it. It might have taken me like three or four times to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to get mm-hmm. the lesson. But um, yeah, and I think that's why it's helpful to have conversations like this to to make sure you're talking to people who, you know, like understand what you, like your goals and what you want in your life. Right. And, um, and who are doing healthy things because it's easy to feel like, oh no, but but like I can't let this go or or it'll change or right. when really everything in your body is telling you, no, <laughs> abort. <laughs> yeah. And then your friends are like, which red flag do you want to talk about today? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're explaining this shit away. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, but, oh, but that's, no, but you already know. But you know what's worse than that? When your therapist is like, hey, so what are we doing here? Because this isn't, yeah. you know, like, you know, showing up. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, no valid point. Valid yeah that yeah mm-hmm. man and and then even in those times you could still be like well it's okay because yeah there's just it's so easy to make excuses or to make stories that right what you want to do but excuses and stories means you're going back to unhealthy behavior yes 
right? Very, very, very seldomly will that excuse make sense. It's like, well, they, you know, they had a, a, a parent die. Okay. So they're going through feeling they're, they're grieving. So we're going to let that slide. Right. Uh But if it's Uh a regular ass day and they're doing regular ass shit over and over again, that doesn't make sense. Then you can't make an excuse for that person's, you know, behavior. Right. And you're just choosing not to believe their actions. That's simply Mm -hmm. what it is. And I mean, I know we've all had these experiences where we've done it. Yes, and, um, I learned a new word for that because I've been playing house party with my siblings. Um, uh-huh. It's called pregret. Pregret. Yeah. Oh. Right. Because you already know the thing. You like, already know it's, it's not. Going. You know how it's going to turn out because you've done this Man. before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to get back with him knowing that he cheated on you five million times before. That's pregret. Oh it's pretty great. Pretty You're going like to pick up your friend um, to go to a concert knowing that friend is always late. That's pretty great. Right. It's pretty great. Instead of saying, here's your ticket. I'll see you there. You're now putting yourself in a situation where you're missing, missing the opening act or whatever, you know, part of the right. show. I like pre-grit. I think pre-grit. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, and yeah, so this whole idea of like just letting, like not listening to the actions, not thinking, yeah. right, acting like they're not happening. For me, it's often come back to this question of like my faith and just trusting that things will work out, trusting, like believing Oof. for me, it's God, yeah. believing like in the universe and that things are going to, like, I'll be good. It's It's okay. Mm-hmm. Because then like what I, what I end up doing is like just being attached to this thing or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. And like just holding on because there's like this sense of you you already know that like what we're saying, you already yeah. know this stuff that's happening, right? right? And then when you let go, there's this uncertainty that comes. And then that I feel like for me that's where it's really like the being, the meditation, whatever whatever it is for you. And it's it's also where therapy where you for your mm-hmm. potential clients yeah. would fit in, right? Of how you're working through that. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that you've learned something the wrong way for a really long time, either since you were zero, since you had something traumatic happen at 15, 27, whatever your age is, and you're holding on to that. So that means, you know, I'm 37. There's some things that my body has been doing for 30 years or 25 years. My mind Uh has been responding to for 25 plus years. Right. Right. So for me to be like, Oh, I'm not going to do that over again. That's not realistic. Right. But that's where the yeah. awareness comes in. That's where understanding what the trigger may be and understanding mm-hmm. the steps to do it differently. So your body and your mind, your soul, your spirit is going to want to fight you right, along the yeah. way because i rather not tell someone that I need a hug. <laughs> i rather not ask someone for groceries or whatever that thing is. Yeah. Um, and that is going back to that like pain body of the, the suffering that the mind and the body is used to because... Yeah in a really sick, twisted way, that's where the comfort is. Right. Because you're used to it. You know it. Mm -hmm. This is familiar. Familiar. But that's why, you know, therapy, self-awareness, knowing your triggers, how you can grow and improve and and live life, right? All of that is like, in some cases, working through fear. All of that is, you know, being uncomfortable to get to a better state of showing up in the world and being a supportive partner, family member, you know, work, partner, colleague, whatever that thing may be. Right. And I think um, an important thing for people to keep in mind is 
what you're saying about how this is something that you've learned for most of your life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not going, just because, let's say someone makes the decision to go to therapy, just because they've decided to go to therapy, it's like they're liking the therapist and they're, you know, they do it for a few weeks. I feel like we can fall into this thinking of, okay, so where's, where are the results? Like, right. it, come on, let's go. So like right. wanting to undo years and years of like what you've been used oh, to so in like just a few weeks and being like, okay, I'm good now. Mm-hmm. No, and it requires, uh, that's something I think that's huge too. It's, it requires more than just that hour or however long you're going to therapy, yeah. each week, each bi-weekly, whatever it is. But you got to be doing some work outside of there too. Because okay. that one hour with that per- other person, mm-hmm. and that's, keep that in mind, it's another human being. It's not this like cure-all. It's not some magical thing. Wait, what? Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> outside of that. Oh, right, I said, wait, what? It's not a cure-all? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not, it's not magic. I mean, sometimes they might say some magical stuff and you're like, damn, yes. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, um, like doing the work outside of therapy as well. Whatever that looks like for you is, is important. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I will tell my therapist. I'm like, so you just wanted to, um, you just want to drop the mic. That's, do you feel good about yourself now that you've, you know, done that that thing? But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So let's talk about you though, because you're yeah. being a, you know, a caretaker right now. How do you celebrate the little ones? I'm so good at celebrating little ones. Like when I received my license number last week. And the, it was just the email because that's what we get first. I just like turned out some music and danced around my apartment. Yes. I, like, fine. I'm good at that. Like, I have I've always have been. Yes. It'll be like, people, are, so my birthday was on Saturday, and people were like, oh, but it's so sad. It's like, you're under quarantine. I'm like, I'm about to have the best day. And I had delicious food, and I had some champagne, and I had the movies that I really wanted to watch oh, yes. and like I made my living room just like a slumber party zone just like oh. it, was, it was really fun see like fight like getting creative with things and um yeah just dancing is huge for me like just dancing mm-hmm. a little bit or just going outside and for a little bit and just like feeling the sun yeah on my skin. like yes those are my little celebrations Ooh, yeah. yes you're living life right Dr. I Beasley. am liking it I firmly, I I don't know, I guess it was maybe early 30s when I was realizing the the club was not for me. Uh Maybe late 20s, late 20s when it was happening. I, you know, did the natural transition to bars Uh and lounges. But then I was like, you know what, Akilah, you have Tidal and Spotify and Google Play. So you can listen to whatever song you want. Yes! And it will be the best party uh-huh. ever because of yeah. your music. I can play the want. song seven million times. Um, you yeah. know, I can't tell you how many times I've done before I let go oh, in my, my kitchen. God. So fun. Me too. Do my own choreography. <laughs> it's great. Then I'll sing. I mean, it's it's just fun and it's simple and it it's is. free. Yeah. And Free. I mean, besides oh. my subscription fees, but you know, whatever. It is free. Yeah. <laughs> and you get to choose the energy you're around. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that when you, what comes with more awareness is just like, it's hard to be in certain spaces. Um, and especially if you don't want to drink or whatever, it's just like, because you, you just see too much. You and do. so when you're in your own space and you have your own music, it's like. And wearing whatever you want. And yes, mm-hmm. you're not uncomfortable. I do life. this thing. Um, called a twerk work break 
Yeah. You just get up and twerk something. You know what I mean? I, I talk yeah. about twerking all the time and I never do it. I'm like, wait, I might go twerk for me. And I'm like, Courtney, when do you twerk? But maybe, right now. Maybe I will. <laughs> right now. I can't, it's just, I cannot, I'll be waiting for something to print twerk. like something's in the microwave i'm reheating my chai well like twerk it's just it's great it gets the blood flowing yeah you know with or without music it is good to go for me (laughs) i feel like my when i've attempted twerking (laughs) like my my i don't know if uh listeners want to hear this but it's funny to me my I feel like my butt just needs to be able to move more. Like it all, like I yeah. try to move faster. Yeah. And then I'm just like, still. You just, you <laughs> know, know you want to breathe. You just want to relax. Breathe. I got to relax. Re- yeah. Just relax and just do a little, do a little shake, you know? Yeah. And then but just let it go. The most important principle is to twerk what your mama gave you. Right. Right. Don't try to twerk something you don't have. Right. right? So just, you know, you make it work for you. Yeah, I gotta remember. That. Okay, what's your favorite um, twerk song? Oof. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do the classic, which is uh, "Back That Ass Up." I knew. Okay, I thought you yeah. were gonna say that. I, I cannot. I, I was in New Orleans at the Pelicans basketball game, and they played "Back That Ass Up," and Juvenile was sitting courtside, and I like lost my shit. I was like, "Oh my oh god." My god. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so fun. It was so much fun. I was like, I didn't know I needed this moment in my life. And then it happened. You know? That's so cool. That sounds like an awesome moment. So, so much joy. Oh, yeah. Too. I, like, hopefully I'll have a wedding one day. It will be played at my wedding. <laughs> and will. I'm not mad if it's played at my funeral. You know? You hear the first beat drop. You're like, oh, it's about to go down. And I'm like, yeah. excuse me. I need to to do this. So yeah, that's a classic. Everyone's like, oh, like everyone kind of like gets ready when that beat drops. It's yeah, like, oh. and then for me, it was like high school, high school. Yeah, maybe like my freshman year, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord Jesus! Yeah, I was in high school when the song came out. So there was you know homecomings and proms oh, and yeah. you know senior balls and shit where it was played too. Oh my god. god. Good times. Oof. That sounds fun. Good times. Tender moments. Yeah, I don't know what happened to me where at I think it happened in college. I was like in my head when I drive my car, somehow I'm like a kingpin drug lord. Mm-hmm. Ripping and running in the streets. I listen to my music really loud and it's the ratchetest rap. I don't know. Like I grew up in fucking Sacramento and part of it was in a gated community. So I don't know where that side of me comes from, but it's just there. It's there. Yeah. And I, I feel it. So I talk about it all the time, but it's, it's true. I really respect people who drive around like that. Cause I feel like I'm so uh, like timid in my volume when I'm driving around, like the volume of my music. Part of that might be because to, like my, I don't really have playlists, and my mm-hmm. music will just go through, and it'll be like some like some hood music, and then it'll be like some gospel, and then it'll be or some opera, and then mm-hmm. so it, I I'm trying to like look cool. You gotta music. just, I think it is finding the right like car playlist for you. Yeah, I got I gotta come up with mm-hmm. that. because I'll also like easily one of my favorite songs to play in my car is Escape, Kicking It, the remix. 
I haven't been here in so long. The remix is where it's at because the bass line is ridiculous. And I have an expensive-ass car with an expensive-ass sound system for... Um, oh, my gosh. Fun. And it brings me so much joy. So now I just started going to sit in my car because I can't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll just play music really loud and people will walk by. I don't give a shit. I'm sitting in there with You're my mask, listening to my music, turning my motor on since I'm not driving my car. Um, but yeah, just living my life. But that's a fun it. one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to that when we're done. That's fun. That's it just, nice, it's nice to just be in your car sometimes. It is. That's, I didn't realize how much I was going to miss. I know we're in the Bay Area, clearly, but I didn't realize how much I was going to miss just, like, driving. Right. So, I know. I got so excited to go to, to the store the other day. I was like, <laughs> like I have a car. Melling car. Hi, person. <laughs> you were like, you want to hug, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely appreciating all the things these days. And yeah. Mo- most of the time, I hope. Yeah, and you're you're solo sheltering in place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what are you doing to stay connected? Obviously, you're going to the grocery I, store. I'm go- obviously what? Going to the grocery store, so that's... Going to the grocery store, that's an, that's an event. Honestly, <laughs> like, when I, when I go, so I go for a run a few times like five times a week and I swear like something interesting happens like every time I'm out there even if it's not me like directly interacting with someone yeah it feels like I'm around people so that feels good um it doesn't feel good to see though how many people are not doing well like I swear it's more than than it usually more than before the quarantine where Mm -hmm. people are just like people who are you know experienced probably they're psychotic or um something just like dancing in the street stuff like that that feels bad to see but i that'll like start a conversation with someone else and um that that actually happened the other day and the man that i was talking to was super compassionate about it which was nice to hear because you know it's different for me who's like i've learned about this stuff for so long so i would hope i'm compassionate about that Mm -hmm. um and he was just saying how like yeah it's you know just like talking about them as people and that is like what we tend to do to people who are not in the right state of mind mm-hmm. um so yeah that's the running and then um i've done like a couple of virtual hangout things like people have had birthdays mm-hmm. or um i talk to my parents pretty much i think every day thanks <laughs> yeah. um, that my mom's like mm-hmm. at some point <laughs> mm-hmm. um my yeah my sisters reached out more yeah like facetiming people things like yeah. that but i've yeah, I still feel connected to people for sure. Good. And I had one day, though, when I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> like, I just wanted to be around another person. Yeah. Um, and what did I do that day? I watched a bunch of movies. <laughs> I was like, there's people on the screen. Here we go. I, I hear all of that. I'm so glad that you're finding ways to connect. I've had maybe two of those days where I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? I can't see people. Yeah. Well, yeah. who do I want someone to visit me? And then how will I do it? And anyway, so there's like all these right. things. And then I think my therapist was like, do you want to go home to Sacramento? And I was like, no, because then I wouldn't have my space because I right. do like to have my space, but I also just want to see people. Yeah. Too. Right. Yes. So that's I, the harder I part. Totally relate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm happy that I am quarantined in my place. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when I'm, like, with my family, it's like, oh, you should come down here. I'm like, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, that'd be cool for a little bit. And then I want to go back to my own. Right. Like I have holiday limits for all family time, but that it's makes a different. If you don't have your own, like if you don't have your own little space that you can just like go and be by yourself, that's mm-hmm. hard to do as we're, you know, older and, yeah, you know. It is. It is. As of now, I'm I'm fine with this, and I'm working, um, like, and I'm asking for help. That's what I should say. Asking yeah. for help for like groceries and shit like that. So, um, which is good. But I I am going to look forward to seeing people. <laughs> I know. It's, Again, yeah, me too. And I hopefully I dating. Oh, sorry. I keep it keeps cutting out. What'd you say? Hopefully dating. Yes, yes. I and what you said about I think you've said it a couple times about asking for help. That's huge because there are days when like for the most part I felt okay. I felt like I have things to focus on, work on, you know, I'll talk mm-hmm. to people when it when throughout the day. But um but then there are moments when it just sucks. And it's like, okay, yeah, can I go to a coffee shop? Or just like can I give my friend a hug? Some like you know, like there are different things. or just something's going on in your world and it's just that you're sad or you're whatever the feeling mm-hmm. is. So yeah. that's something I've been working on too, is just like being real and being like, No, I wanna to talk to a friend right now. I need to yeah. like say like I'm not good today. Can we just talk? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have one more question for you before we go. Okay. Why know you and Courtney and I like it? <laughs> I was like, I thought we were telling the question. Thank you for asking that. My dad names me, as far as I know. That's a little bit. I don't think he's. No, yeah, he he didn't name me. Um, I. You know what? I've never even asked him. I just accepted it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like I don't even know if it was on purpose. To be honest, like I'm, mm-hmm. like I don't know where he got it from or what. But interesting story is that. I don't, I wonder how my parents would feel about me sharing this on here. That's funny. But, because I feel like it looks weird. But anyway, so uh, when I was younger, I spelled my name with a U for like, like when I was in school, I would spell it with a U. Wow. And one day, I don't know what it was, but we were like, it was my, my mom was looking at my birth certificate and my birth certificate didn't have a U in it. So then I had to learn to re-spell my name without a U. And so most of my family still spells my name with a U. Wow. <laughs> that is so interesting. So just to recap, your dad spelled it without the U. Yeah. So he and was like. I think my mom would spell. I don't even know. Yeah. What were they doing? Right. I don't even know. I feel like that's a really good FaceTime that you're going to have with them. <laughs> I'm going to write. Like, right after figure it out. we're done talking, I'm really going to call my mom and my dad and be like, hey, what happened here? Because I. I feel I just accepted it. I was so young when the transition happened. <laughs> yeah. It's like your dad wanted you to be unique and took the yeah. you out, you know? <laughs> and my mom was like, put that you back in there. That, that is so, right. I mean, I, the Virgo that I am on the first call we had together, I think via my office person put a you or I put a you I don't know who set up that call oh, and then I was like oh the whole time I'm like oh, she's gonna think I spelled her name wrong um I, and I thought I about actually that assume, I just 
like to assume it's autocorrect. <laughs> like it um, may it may have been because I feel like I put it in the right way, but you know I don't know. But now I'm really intentional. Yeah, I, I know I you. That. Yeah, I appreciate it because it does. It's nice to have your name spelled correctly, oh, especially when mm-hmm. you like if you're emailing with someone. I get the first time right, right? like they, you don't know whatever. Yeah, but I do sign off with Courtney without the U. Yeah, so people will still as if I made an error. Yeah, they do. Fair point, because when I was younger, I spelled it <laughs> But now you, self, you self-corrected, so you're yeah. fine. I love when I get a Mr. Cadet. Oh. Yeah, Mr. Cadet is my favorite. And also close to that is Miss Cadet. It's like, you saw my signature. I know. It's People his doc. Lot, so yeah. I'm like, if you're going to put a title in front, please say the doctor. The, <laughs> the right one. I'd appreciate yeah. that. I know, because it's a lot of you know, work and mental and physical suffering we had to do (laughs) to get to to where we are. Yeah. And I've noticed, I think it happened more in my last work when I was doing forensic stuff, um, just how people will call men doctor, especially I worked with white men, um, Mm -hmm. doctor, and then call me first name. name. And that's when I realized like, oh, Courtney, like put the doctor in when you're like, like, what corresponding whatever put the yeah. doctor because people will just take it away you need to put it on any delivery packages i do i love it it's great that's amazing right. yeah, i get excited when i get things great point yeah do you put it on your um air like your ticket your airline yeah, ticket i do i do <laughs> i do i do <laughs> but i i make sure i select the phd so they don't think i can save anyone's life on the plane i know that's what makes me nervous i'm like no yeah i'm not, not. gonna save your life we talk though um, but I'm not going to say your life. <laughs> and then also for hotels, like putting it there because sometimes you'll get like an upgrade or special treatment. It also should go on all of your like um, debit credit cards. I haven't done that yet because I feel like that's too much work. But that will also think of that. Yeah, help with like getting some special treatment. So that's interesting. It's so funny how much that can affect things. <laughs> It can. Someone it can. saw like a package that was delivered here in my building and I was new here and I was walking my dog, met a neighbor across the street and she asked me my name. I'm like, yeah, I'm new. I just moved into the building across the street from her. And she was like, oh, are you the doc? And I said, yes, I am. And the also who's been talking about me? That. Yeah. <laughs> I am the doc. The doc. Yeah. She's also a doc, a the doc too on her side. So it was a, um, it's fun, cool. you know. That's yeah. a way I'm always celebrating. It's a, a little win celebration for a big ass celebration when it comes on my <laughs> my packages. <Yeah. laughs> oh, just before we go to, I didn't ask about your. How do you celebrate the little win? Um. Well, I do wake up every day and tell myself that I'm amazing because sometimes Ooh. it's like physically hard and mentally hard to get out of bed. Um. Yeah. So I celebrate that. Um. And I just like celebrate little moments the dance thing I do music I will put it on I will twerk it I'll make it happen and (laughs) then um I love to shop so like right now I'm talking to you from one of my closets and so I will purchase myself one of your closets how fun (laughs) it's a problem you don't want this you don't want this life like at all because I'm like oh I should reorganize and do some stuff and the saddest thing is like before coronavirus I was hiring someone to come in and do it for me because I don't want to deal. 
just so oh, I can come in and be like, oh, my God, look at all my clothes. Nah. Yeah. But now it's like, so um, it usually is in the form of three things. Uh, jewelry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I typically have a whole bunch of rings that I wear that signify a significant moment, whether it's a big moment or a little moment. Mm-hmm. Um, vintage clothes and shoes. Oh, your vintage boo boo. <laughs> My vintage boo boo, but like all next, there's this whole rack next to me, and it's all vintage. <laughs> I don't that's know. So cool. Yeah, yeah, and so that's how I, I do it. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as like taking my CBD bath or, uh-huh. you know, deciding to, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. but deciding to walk away from work and say like, you know, you're tired. So you're not going to do anything right. You're going to create errors. And then just, right. you know, signing off earlier. Um, and that's like, I use that as a, a little win as a celebration because I'm not forcing myself to do something that's uncomfortable. Thanks for listening so, to the Change Today uh, podcast. Yeah, right. like you can learn more at and then I made cupcakes That's the end of the day. And when I say made cupcakes from the box, I am not a baker. I am never going to be a baker, but I can remember to like, subscribe, and share. I'm a black business, y'all, and I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. This is why. This is why this friendship is gonna work I, yeah I'm it's, like of course from the box I don't have baking soda or baker's flour I don't even know what that is like, I don't I don't know what it's don't not. ask me no. pancakes also from a box cookies yeah. from a package yeah and that is my life did I make yeah. them for you because mm-hmm. I had to you know I don't have a mixer I don't have a hand mix. I have to do it by hand with you know so <laughs> that's work to get it like right or it's an actual two minutes it's two yeah. minutes that I'm doing yeah. that, not a little spin thing, but um, yeah, yeah, that's, so funny. that's how I do it. Yeah, so hopefully we'll be having cupcakes together in the future. <laughs> yes, please. And this has been so fun, and also just good to talk and reflect. And, yeah, yeah. Think about how I think of things, and like hear mm-hmm. your perspective. And I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. I am so excited to tell the world about this amazing psychologist, therapist, world changer here for, you know, black women and also we'll throw in women color in there too. But like finally being an additional voice that um, is needed for all of the black women and women of color who are not fully taking care of themselves. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for talking to us today and dropping the gems and letting us know how we can take care of ourselves um yeah mentally and, and also spiritually i would love for people to know how to find you so can you share that with us yes thank you so on linkedin i'm dr courtney beasley so courtney without a u and then <laughs> on instagram i just had to clarify that on instagram it's put in black and there's a period between put and so it's put period and period black put in black perfect so immediately follow put in black to see what will be coming in may and again i'll be sharing what you're doing what put in black is doing um via my change today audience and then we'll be collaborating on on some more stuff which i'm excited about (laughs) yes me too thank you thank you and so to you and the listeners um keep being amazing thanks for listening to the change today podcast 
You can learn more at changekade.com. That's the word change and today like that. C-A-D-E-T or follow Change Today or at Change Today Podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, and share. I'm a black business, y'all, and I appreciate it. Thanks for listening.